Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Denise Walsh. She is a proud wife and mother, a former clinical psychologist, motivational speaker, and million-dollar earning entrepreneur. Denise started her career as a clinical psychologist, but left the practice to pursue a successful career in the direct sales industry. She's a Jack Canfield trainer, an elite coach with the John Maxwell team, and has helped people tap into their ultimate potential. She's already helped more than 1 million people find their purpose and fulfill their God-given destiny. Uh, she's also written three books. I love these titles. Uh, Dream Life Every Day, Dream Life Daily Journal, and, ready, Retire Your Husband. A Mom's Guide to Making Millions with Network Marketing. What great titles. You can find her at denisewalsh.com. And Denise, welcome to Broken Catholic. Uh, and going ahead and just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Hey, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my goodness. So a few of the gaps I guess I could start with is um, my spark was first lit. You know when you you feel like that fire inside where you're like, ooh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, mm. like this is what I know. I've been put on this earth to do. I, I could do this all day for free. Like, this is my favorite. This is what I love, right? Um, was at uh, camp. I was the camp counselor for four years throughout my college days. I worked two summers in Asheville, North Carolina, and then two summers in New York City. We worked with New York City foster kids. And it was in those moments when I saw these kids, like, like they came to camp feeling forgotten and, and broken and like mm. something was wrong with them. And I, as a counselor, felt so much love for them that that's what got me into the field of psychology to begin with. Mm. Well, you see kids and they just show up just real and pure and they don't have any malice or agendas or anything like that. And you just see they're hurting. Yeah. Um, it just pulls on your heart big time, right? So how did you decide it to make that jump, that leap out of it? But before we get into your story, you almost pulled me into it. Really well done there. Um, go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Ooh, you know, my boys, we had to do IVF for both my boys. Um, and so that in itself was a 
um, a season of life where life's not, you know, it's you're, you're like, you're, you're doing what you think you're supposed to do. And then there's a curveball thrown in. And so um, I have nine embryos left that we now have to figure out what to do with. But both my boys have red hair. So there must be something about those, um, you know, those, what are they called when they're not very common? <laughs> Recessive genes yeah. that like totally powered through <laughs> in our experience. So, those fighting yeah. Irish, man. They That's made right. it all the way. <laughs> my, my son says he's going extinct because he has red hair and blue eyes. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's quite right, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So take us back, uh, you know, in time to your, like kind of your faith journey, right? So I really want to get into like, just take us back to how you grew up. What faith did you grow up in a denomination or there was no faith in the home? I don't know. Um, and then kind of walk us through those early teen years. Um, and then, you know, into your twenties, a lot of us, walk away from God. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. And then to present day. So just kind of bring us back in time. We'll do a real brief, but we really just want to hear that progression of how God was maybe tapping on your heart. Yeah. And it's so cool when you look back and you can see it all start to connect. Right. Um, I grew up in a Methodist church, so mm -hmm. we went consistently. My family went consistently. Now, faith uh, was not something we talked a lot about at home, but we were very immersed in the community at church. So I was involved in the youth group. My, I played handbells at church and I really felt supported by that community. And my siblings and I still to this day talk about how important our church family was during those years because I never necessarily had to use somebody as a confidant or, you know, talk to talk to one of my youth leaders on a more serious note but what i knew was that there was more than just my parents who cared about me and i mean even at my wedding we had tables of youth group leaders and people mm. that were from my church that really were an important part of um kind of my foundation yeah that makes a lot of sense and Take us into the teen years. Did you stay close in, in church life or did you kind of start to wander like many of us do? Well, I was, I was the one, I was the youth group girl that every single time there was an altar call, I went. <laughs> I was like, me, use me, I'm here, use me, use me. And so I identified myself as somebody who got good grades and went to church and did all the quote unquote right things. My, um, my, I was the oldest grandchild on both sides. And so I had this responsibility that nobody told me I had, but like I put it on myself to be a good example for both sides of the family. Cause all of my, I figured that if I went in a um, poor, made a poor choice, got bad grades, whatever it was, mm -hmm. then my cousins would follow me. So I really did stay straight and narrow. And when I look back, I can see God really taking me to my next step because it was in high school when um, for some reason I started really liking North Carolina blue. I think like the guy I had a crush on wore a North Carolina hat or something. And my youth group leader said, where should we do our next mission trip? And North Carolina was on the list. And I just first, you know, and you just, just, I was seeing it everywhere. And so I said, Jill, let's go here. For some reason, I feel really drawn to North Carolina. And we went and I ended up going back two years in a row to be a counselor for that same camp. And I just know, like there were those little promptings, those little, those little things throughout the years where I felt like, all right, this is my next step. This is my next step. 
Mm. Um, but it wasn't certainly without fear. I was doing things I'd never done before. Uh, but then after that camp came North New York, which is a whole nother story. And then even from at camp Wheaton, I went to grad school for Wheaton or for clinical psychology at Wheaton. And, and those, the next step always came right when I needed it. Mm. You know, trusting God one step at a time sometimes is the most difficult thing, wouldn't you say? Well, I think so many times we want certainty and, yeah. and there's a stirring in our heart where God says, oh, no, 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 you're made for more. Like, like take this step. There's more people to impact. Don't get too comfortable. I've got more for you. And, and we have to have that faith to say yes. Um, my first job was at a clinic, uh, community mental health. And I got my first job. I was like so excited to change the world. I felt like I had all this love and belief to impact people. And I was working with people that didn't really want help in a situation that couldn't help them. And I had that restlessness inside. And because I knew what the spark felt like, I knew what the restlessness looked like. But I still, man, I, it's so easy to stay the same. It's so easy to coast. It's so easy to stay mm. comfortable. And for about five years, I wrestled with, do I try something new? Do I, do I take that step that I feel called to take? Or do I stay here because it's safe? Mm. What did you do as far as your conversation with God to make that leap? Like, did you sit, get quiet with him and be like, okay, God, like, where's your hand in this? Because I don't yeah. want to do the wrong thing. Like, yeah. what was that like for you? Describe that. Well, at first I asked everyone else's opinion. Okay. <laughs> it was very easy for me to like look around and um, ask people about their jobs and nobody likes their job anyway. So I guess this is normal and just suck it up. And, you know, I, I asked and sought wisdom all around me. And, and sometimes I, that's good, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing. Sure. But I really got clarity and answers when I went within when I started journaling again, when I started, mm. sometimes I'll just ask a question at the top of the page and brain dump my answer and feel this connection. And, and so the answers didn't come like bold signs necessarily, mm -hmm. but they did come. And because I had spent that time in prayer, meditation, listening, just like quieting my soul and mind, I had the confidence to say yes when it did come. And, and it was like slowly, but surely, again, you can look back and see the dots connect. At first, I didn't know that direct sales would at all be in my wheelhouse. I was a clinical psychologist. I'm not a business person. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a marketer. But it came into our path and it made sense. And we said yes. And within three years, we were able to quit our job. And I think that that saying yes, I'm kind of talking to myself. I'm going through another transition, and I'm like that saying yes and trusting. Um, it did come. It did come, even though you don't quite know how it's going to turn out at the beginning. You know, I just pulled out of your your that part of your story um, for Broken Catholic Nation, BC Nation. This is for you. Um, these are Denise's top three uh, strategies for knowing when to move and how to move, right? With God's calling on your your life, and it may not be the big calling; it just might be the next calling, right? And and that's very important to distinguish the two. But here's what I got: number one, ask for wise counsel. Right? And that's biblical. Ask the people around you. That's what Denise did. And that was a very powerful move. It gives her some clarity, right? Okay, this is normal, the way I'm feeling. I'm not some weirdo or something like that, right? So that's very important. Ask for wise counsel. Number two, go within 
spend time with God, listening, journaling out your thoughts, your feelings. What is God saying to you? Um, what is God showing you, revealing to you? So that's number two. And then number three, say yes and trust when the door opens. Denise, anything you want to add to that? Well, I think this pivot question is something so intriguing to me because we have two choices when we feel this restlessness. We either can reignite the spark in the current quote unquote form. You know, we, we stay at our job and we figure out a way to love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we follow the spirit into a new form. And, mm. and sometimes there's space for both. You know, in my marriage, I, I will choose to reignite the spark because my long-term view is to stay married. Um, but in my clinical psychology job, I had to figure like reigniting the spark wasn't serving my, my soul was dying in that position. Mm. <laughs> and so I had to figure out a way to pivot and follow, follow the spark. And I think so many times we second guess and we're unsure and we, we don't really know what to do. And so we stay in that restlessness for, for far too long. And so the question is a, a lot of times people are asking at least I've asked myself in periods of transition, do I say yes to the spark or do I reignite the spark where I am? Wow, that's powerful. BC Nation, do you reignite the spark or do you pivot and follow the spark into unknown territory? And that can be so scary to just put all your trust in God and say, God, I think you're showing me something, but you're, you're only showing me one step. You're not showing me five steps and 10 steps. I don't know what the destination looks like. And your heavenly father says, trust me. Right. Trust me, I'm your father, right? So, all right, so let's, let's shift here. I love that story. Thank you for that. And, and thank you for letting me just pull out kind of like a formula, uh, if, if you will, for BC Nation, because so many times we're looking for, like, what's the steps? What does it look like? Like, give me practical. How do I do this in my life right now, Denise? Like, my life looks a little different than yours. Mm-hmm. Yours looks really clear the way you explain it because you've connected <laughs> right. all the dots already right yeah but yeah. mine is like like polka dots and chaos everywhere yeah. right <laughs> so um I, I thank you for that right i i think that was very clear and just formulaic um now let's shift for a second um let's go big and broad okay because you deal a lot with helping people find their god-given purpose and when we speak about purpose, I say this often on the show, there's probably more books written on purpose and finding your purpose than any other topic out there. And they all follow, in my belief, the same strategy. If you want to find your purpose, go within yourself and ask yourself the questions, uh, the, ask yourself the questions that you don't even have answers for and, and then come up with, a, okay, that's your purpose rather than go to God and to the one who actually designed you and has a purpose for your life. So I just wanted uh, to ask you, why do you think that 90% of people are struggling still to find their purpose, whether they're 10 years old, 20 years old, or 80 years old? Some of them are going to the deathbeds without ever knowing why they're here. Why do you think that is? Well, there's a few reasons. I think sometimes we think that purpose has to be so grand, like it has to be saving Africa or going on Oprah or, you know, and we, we feel like it has to be so big that we miss the daily purposes that we have. And, and so in the midst of, of having our eyes wide and dreaming big and all of that, which is, which is cool, Uh, we miss, you know, impacting the grocery store attendant during checkout. Mm -hmm. We miss being the best 
mom and servant we can be to our to our kids and pouring into them and so i know for me i am constantly reminding myself that yeah i've got a message to share yeah i want to help like turn people on i want to help light the fire within them i want to help them get more clear and, and tapped into who god created them to be but that starts here at home that starts within my community that starts with maybe volunteering at my youth group and those yeses, those small yeses will lead me on the direction. Um, but we can get stuck um, feeling like it has to be too big and, and the daily action isn't good enough. And mm. I think that we cannot honor the daily and, and the community and the ways that we're making an impact here. I think that is so insightful. And you just summed up my whole life. So thanks. <laughs> uh, right? I was chasing the big grandiose vision like God, whatever my calling is, make it big, make it huge, right? I don't want to be like everybody else and do those ordinary things. Like you wired something in me. There's a massive spark, like make it this big monumental thing. And, and God's like, slow down, boy. Like, Start here. <laughs> like slow down, like work your own land, mm -hmm. work your own land. And so many times we want to go and work other lands. And, and, and even when we do work our own land, sometimes we don't wait around for the harvest. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the truth? We, we, we go and chase the next shiny object. Oh, look, somebody else's land needs to be worked. Let me go over there now and, and work it. And we don't wait for God to water and fertilize the seeds that we planted all around us. And then we miss out on the fruit, on the harvest and the reward. And we say, God, how come none of this works? And we right. blame him. Right. What shows up for you in that? Well, I actually just got to spend the weekend um, with Patty Aubrey, who helped co-write Chicken Soup for the Soul with Jack Canfield. And she was again sharing the story of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And it was this like divine inspiration that Jack had. He was working with teachers. He was teaching teachers and people kept asking him for many stories that they could share in the classroom and things like, like that. And so they created this book and then they marketed it for five years before it really created momentum and it turned into a billion dollar brand. And I think that so often we don't do things long enough to create momentum. You know, mm. um, I did a bodybuilding competition a few years ago and if you stay on a diet for three weeks, two weeks, a week, you're not going to create the results that happens when you're consistently taking action. And so because we get distracted, because we have self-doubt, because we second guess each step, because we're not trusting that God will carry us through, we can get distracted and derail ourselves before the fruit comes. Mm, that is so powerful. And I did not know that story Isn't five years crazy? to market that book. I had no idea, right? These are the things we look at yeah. right from the outside. And we're like, overnight success. Exactly. Like right? amazing. And it's like, yeah, five years of overnights, like yeah. doing the work. Well, that's the thing is people often underestimate the effort it takes and, and it doesn't mean it's like, I, I have, you know, I do believe that it's inspired effort. Um, you know, it's not gonna, it's not the grind. It's not like, um, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, like, hey, ho, hey, ho, off to work we go and nothing ever gets done. I mean, that's how I felt my clinical psychology job. I was, I was not invested. I was living like a zombie and my soul was dying. So when you're doing mm. God purpose work it will feel more purposeful. It's going to feel fun, but it still will take a lot of effort and there's yes. still not going to be perfect days. So, um, so it's, it's a, a, a balance of the vision, right? Where do I feel God calling me and the discipline of the everyday hard work. And when mm -hmm. you can really get good at both, I feel like you've 
you've won and you will see the fruit and you will stick with it till the end. I, I am in such agreement with what you just said. And BC Nation, I want to just gift you something that uh, God gifted me just recently. And um, I, I forget the actual Bible verse, but it's where Jesus speaks about ask and, and you shall receive, um, seek and you shall find, knock and the doors will be open to you, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the order in which uh, Jesus presented it, he said, ask, seek, knock, which spells the acronym ASK, A-S-K. Right. Very interesting to me. Right. Right. So then I'm, I'm like, cause I'm working towards something right now. And, and there was a, like a dryness and I'm like, why is there a dryness? Like, what am I not doing? And then uh, God presented that scripture to me, ask, seek, knock. And I was like, okay, I've been asking and BC nation, maybe you're asking for something right now in your prayer. And you're like, God, please open, you know, what is that? Thing? Can you bring it to me? I, I need that. Blah, blah, blah. You're asking. The next thing is seek it. So are you out looking for it? Are you telling people that you're looking for it? Are you putting it out there? Hey, this is what I'm up to. This is what I want. Can you help me? And then what I found I wasn't doing because I was asking and I was seeking. I wasn't knocking, which meant I wasn't reaching out to the, like I want to speak in, in all these Christian churches, right? And I wasn't knocking on the church doors, so to speak, and reaching out and saying, hey, invite me to your church to speak. This is what I speak on. You know, do you have a need? And I wasn't doing that. So I immediately went online. I Facebook messaged a whole bunch of pastors or whatever. Um, not a whole bunch, actually. I, I wussed out to be transparent. And I, I Facebook messaged five of them. And uh, one of them responded with, yeah, we have a need. Can you speak to young, uh, young adults in our, our archdiocese? And I was like, yeah, sure. I have a, a, a talk for that. He said, all right, here's the person to, to speak to. And it's someone who's in charge of the, the youth ministry for the entire city, right? And, and God opened up that door. Why? Because I knocked and I wasn't knocking. So BC Nation, which of those three, ask, seek, or knock, are you not doing right now? But complaining God's not doing his part. What shows up for you in that, Denise? Oh, it's so good. I'm very um, similar in terms of I know what I want and I'm talking to everybody in my path about it. But sometimes we have to have a broader reach. Sometimes we have to take more massive action. We have to do more than we typically do in order to make a shift. Um, back to the Jack Canfield example, for, five, or for those five years, he sent out books to five schools a day, schools, churches, people that would benefit from it. He reached out to five new people a day telling them what they had. And so I too want to get on more stages and I thought, how do I do this? And so just recently I got, um, after this weekend, I spoke at the CEO women's business summit and I got home and I'm like, how do I do that again? Right. And, and so I did something similar. I looked up women's events and it's just down to getting to work, just getting to work and making the ask and taking action and the how shows up for you. Just, just like it did for you, Joe, how fun. <laughs> That's so cool. Right? So BC Nation, we're out of time already, right? Because we're having such a great conversation. Uh, We are speaking with Denise Walsh. You can find her at denisewalsh.com. Let me just spell it. D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H.com. Go check her out. She's a powerhouse. Go pick up one of her books. All right. So Denise, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. Okay. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Love. What's your least favorite thing? Um, challenges. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most afraid of? I am most afraid of letting my soul die and staying comfortable. Mm, and that showed up so many times in your life, right? What are you struggling with right now? Trust. Trust in? Trusting in the next step even because you can't see how it's all going to work out. Yeah, somehow our senses, our five senses are more powerful than our belief in God most of the, most of the time. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? <sighs> Um, listening to what was normal instead of listening to my heart. Mm, yeah, I get that. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, what secret fear do I have about people? I always think that they, well, really it, the fear of not being liked or being judged or that anytime somebody says something nice to me, I think, are they just saying that to be nice? Do we really mean it? <laughs> I know that feeling. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, to trust. I mean, to, to, to take action and, and, to, and to know that the how will show up. Mm. And what's a bad habit you want to break? I would say coffee, but I don't really want to break that habit. <laughs> <laughs> That's so real. Um, so I'm going to keep that one. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I think that one, um, one good habit I'd like to do more of is I'd really love to text my husband more just that I'm thinking about him because I can be so business minded mm. that I want to just say, thinking about you, love you more often. That's so cool. And that was my next question. Thank you for reading my mind. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Ooh. Um, I am full of belief, courage, and I'm proud to um, continue to take the steps God's calling me to. So cool. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart in a very real way. Insecure, um, often comparing myself to other people and wondering if I measured up and then um, kind of going with the status quo. So doing the things I thought were success, um, acceptable in society versus doing the things I felt called to. Mm. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your husband, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Take bold action. Take bold action. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? You know, I think the love that you feel uh, overwhelms, you know, kind of overflows throughout you and impacts everybody that you encounter. And when you feel that your own spark, when you feel lit up inside and you continue to say yes to where your soul is calling you, you ripple effect and impact everybody you encounter. BC Nation, become a spiritual reservoir rather than a spiritual supply pipe. Here's the difference. Most of us show up as supply pipes in our lives, in our relationships, meaning we don't leave anything left for ourselves. That's what a supply pipe does. It, the, the, the water goes through it. Nothing's left for the supply pipe. Eventually, it gets brittle. It cracks. Become a reservoir. Always make sure that you're filled up first. 
by your heavenly father, by his son, Jesus. And then the overflow of the reservoir is what pours into everyone around you. That's lasting. That's sustainable. So we are speaking with Denise Walsh. You can find her at denisewalsh.com. And Denise, you have a gift for my listeners. What do you got? I do. I do. Because I do. I talk to a lot of people who are ready to make a change. They don't want to stay stuck. They feel the stirring within themselves. And they're like, all right, God's calling me for more. But but there's barriers, right? Whether it's time or money or support or knowledge or skills, there's barriers to taking to making that pivot. And one of the biggest barriers I hear is I don't have time. I'm so overwhelmed. And so I created an action plan to help people really reprioritize their day and put things back in their calendar that are taking them towards their the direction of their dreams. And that's free for everybody. You can get that at denisewalsh.com slash action. And that's just a free PDF download for you to take this barrier of time, refigure it, your, you know, take your priorities and, and, and really create a plan that you know is taking you towards the direction of your dreams. Mm, so good. BC Nation, take action on that. Go get that freebie right now. Your daily calendar is so out of whack. So out of whack. It's not lined up with your, what you say you believe in. Denise has given you this free gift to get it back aligned with God's plan for your life. Like that changes everything. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So go get that at denisewalsh.com forward slash action. And I want to say this to you, BC Nation. If you're part of a church, Protestant, Catholic, doesn't matter to me. If you believe in Jesus and he's the foundation of everything, invite me to come speak at your church. I have a powerful message for your congregation. It's not only, not only am I going to share my story about how God transformed my life from this broken mess Catholic that I am into serving and overflowing and being the spiritual reservoir into the lives of others, but I'm going to share how God wants to do that in your life and the life of your church. So go to josephwarren.net and uh, forward slash speaking, josephwarren.net forward slash speaking and have me come out to your church. I want to meet you in person. I want to shake your hand. All right. So Denise, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. Girl, I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.